0: for certain that you're saved? Or do you just assume that's the case? Your eternity is too important to leave the question unanswered. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah continues his series in 1 John, Living in the Light, to help you know beyond all doubt whether or not you're truly born again. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, The Importance of Knowing.
1: Friends, that's a a good opportunity for me to ask you, do you know? Do you know for certain that you're born again, that you're a Christian? Maybe you're among those who say, well, nobody can ever know that. You won't know that till you get to heaven. That's not true. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible says you can know right now for sure that you're going to heaven and that your sins are forgiven and that you're a part of God's family. One of the great places in the Bible that teaches that is the first epistle of John, First John We've just started talking about it yesterday. We'll finish that up today as we close out the month together. Now, this is the last day I can tell you about our conference cruise that begins at the end of next month. Next month, December the 30th, we are leaving for the Caribbean. And we're going to cruise the Caribbean. We're going to visit some great places. We're going to enjoy the warm weather and the blue Caribbean And uh, we're going to have wonderful fellowship and worship together. Uh, We have a wonderful group of people going. Our musicians from Turning Point are going. Michael Sanchez, Uriel Vega. Friends, this is going to be a great time. And uh, unfortunately, I can't advertise this after today. This is my last day to do this. So if you're planning to go, you need to get after it and not let any more time go by. Get to our website. There you can get all the information you need. You can make your reservation and plan to be with us when we leave for the last few days of 2021 and come back after a refreshment of fellowship and end 2021 recounting the blessing and begin 2022 uh, asking God for his blessing on that new year. I hope you'll join us. It'll be fun. Well, right now we need to get back to our discussion of the importance of knowing. So here's the last message in the month of November, telling us how we can know for sure that we're saved. If we say one thing and live another thing, if we say that we believe that Jesus is the Christ and then we live all week as if he doesn't exist then maybe we ought to go back, as Peter tells us, and search our lives and see whether or not we're truly in the faith. If you say you are born again, there ought to be some evidence of it in your life. It's not just something, you know, I get so sick and tired of people talking about being born again and then living like they don't even, don't even know the meaning of the term. If you're born again, you can't do that. Now, watch carefully how the Bible protects this doctrine. I think one of the things that's gotten us in a little trouble is we preach grace, amen? We're all for grace. How many of you know that the Bible says it's not of works that we are saved? We don't have to work our way to heaven, but it's by grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, right? Not the end of the passage. The next verse says… For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, do you see that whole passage together? We are not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. And God has already beforehand purposed that we should walk in those good works so that people would see who we are. The Bible says we should do our good works in such a way that men should see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. I went through the New Testament some time ago and I realized that almost every place where we are told that we are not saved by works in the immediate context, Almighty God makes sure that we don't misunderstand what that means. Let me show you a couple of them. Notice Titus 3, 5. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us. Amen? Through the washing of the regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. But if you look at the book of Titus and you go down just a couple of verses, you see this in the eighth verse. This is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable to men. You see what Titus is being taught by Paul? Paul is saying, Titus, just understand it's not by works of righteousness that you were done, that you were saved but three verses later he says but don't forget this you were saved for a purpose and that purpose is that you live in a righteous way titus two fourteen says this he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people zealous for good works how does god want us to be he wants us to be jealous or zealous for good works and second corinthians 9 8 says it this way and god is able to make all grace abound toward you who are christians that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work now i just want to nail this so you don't misunderstand our righteousness does not produce the new birth our righteousness is the result of the new birth and james says it this way someone will say you have faith and i have works show me your faith without your works and i'll show you my faith by my works We are not saved by works we are saved for works and john's point in this born again passage is that if you've been truly born again there should be some reflection of that in the way you live can i get a witness does that mean we have to be perfect no we'll get to that in a moment he's not talking about perfection he's just saying that faith without works is dead and friend if you Talk about being a christian and you live like every other helligan that you know Everybody has the right to question whether or not you're in the faith the bible says by their works. You shall know them huh? by their fruit John's saying do you want to know that you're born again. Take the faith test. What do you believe and take the life test? How are you living? And here's the third one test number three Take the love test. Oh, yeah, I'm ready for that one. Take the love test. Notice First John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves, here it is, is what, class? Born of God and knows God. How do you know if you're a Christian? By what you believe, by how you live, and by who you love. You say, what does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it means. Here's a couple of more passages of Scripture. 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. 1 John three fourteen, We know that we have passed from death to life. How? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Now, if you take your Bibles, once again, in 1 John chapter 4, I want to give you a little progression of truth here. And you can mark this in the margin. In 1 John 4, 7, we read these words. Beloved, let us love one another for, and write this down. Love is of God. Underline that in your Bible. Love is of God. 1 John 4, 7. In 1 John 4, 8, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. First passage says love is of God. The second passage says God is love. 1 John 4, 16 says the same thing. God is love. Now, in 1 John 4, 9, and 10, we learn that this God, who is love, has expressed his love to us in a certain way. And the third thing we learn is that Jesus Christ is the expression of God's love. Notice verses 9 and 10. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Are you seeing the progression here? Watch. Love is of God. God is love. God showed his love by sending Jesus into the world. And if you keep reading, you discover that the only reason that we can love God is because he loved us first. First John 4, 19. We love him because he loved us first. Here's the thought that John is giving us love is of God because God is love God showed his love to us by sending Jesus as our Savior for God so loved the world that he gave And now we are able to love God back. How can we do that because he first loved us? I wouldn't know how to love God if God had not first loved me If I weren't loved of God and saved because of the cross, I wouldn't love God like I should how do I love God? I love God because he first loved me. Amen is that how it happens now? Here's his final point If god is love and love is of god and jesus is the expression of god's love to man And I love god because he first loved me john's point in verse 11 is beloved if god so loved us We also ought to love one another What is this test? It's the love test john says if you say you're a christian And you hate christians something's wrong with you You say, well, pastor, I don't hate Christians. I just don't like to be around them. (laughs) You know, I know people like that. And let's face it, folks, some people are harder to love than others. Isn't that true? But what John is saying is simply this. When you become a child of God, he puts within your heart a kind of love that you have for family because you just can't help yourself So when you are going through that time with somebody who's a Christian and they're a little bit unlovable, just say, I'm gonna make this a day of proof of my salvation. I'm gonna love this person. When I get home tonight, I'm gonna say, Lord God, I must be a Christian, because if I can love that person, that's the only explanation (laughs) I can imagine. Amen. (laughs) All right. Test number four the growth test. I gotta hurry. Test number four. Here's the fourth born-again passage, 1 John 5, 4. Watch this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith, the growth passage. The Bible says if you're born of God, you develop an overcoming spirit in your heart. Again, nobody ever gets the ultimate overcoming spirit immediately. What I think John wants us to learn is this. If Jesus Christ is in our heart and we're living in this wicked world that we live in with all of the the temptations and all of the sensations and all of the media blitz and all of the rest that's taken in a different direction, if we live in this world, there's a lot to overcome. And he's saying, by this you can know that you're born again if you're growing in your ability as an overcomer. If you can look back on your life and say man I used to be just totally terrorized by that but God has given me victory the Bible says therefore if any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passing away behold all things are becoming new I don't think that's a moment I don't think the moment you're saved that you automatically no longer have any trouble with the world if that's true then that's not the way it happened to me I think what John is saying is this if you're a Christian you will know there's a war going on. You will know you're in a battle. And you'll be able to look back and say, I've been winning more victories lately than I used to win because I've been learning how to trust the Lord, put on the whole armor of God, and stand and having done all to stand. My friend, if you keep losing all the battles, if you don't ever win, if you're a constant casualty, if you are always defeated, there's something wrong with that picture. John is saying one of the ways that you know that you're born again is that you, you have some victories in your life. Amen. I mean you have some defeats too but you have some victories and if you're walking with the lord those victories begin to be more and more our faith is in the son of god the son of god lives within us and the bible says we are more than conquerors how through him who loved us and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world is that true amen if that's true then we ought to be winning some battles we ought to be winning some wars And when we lose, we'll be discouraged about it to the point where we'll fall on our faces before the Lord and say, Lord God, I lost that battle because I didn't trust you, and I'm going to learn how to trust you more. I'm learning a truth, a powerful truth, and that is victory over temptation and victory over sin is more about falling in love with Jesus than about anything else. Isn't that true? And I'll tell you I think I mentioned this to you when I came out of the viewing of the passion of the Christ I was broken and I was crying and I know many of you were too And I remember praying Lord Jesus you love me so much. Don't ever let me do anything to hurt you Isn't that the way it should be? When you're powered with Christ, that's the greatest temptation overcomer you can ever have It's not about saying I'm gonna try real hard not to do this this week but it's about saying I'm going to give everything I have to fall in love with Jesus in a new way And he will be the strength I need to overcome the world Well, we've taken the faith test and the life test and the love test and the growth test. Here's the last one This is the sin test. Oh my Here's how you know you're born again. First John five eighteen. We know that whoever is born of God does not sin but he who has been born of God keeps himself, and that wicked one does not touch him. First John three six whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins neither has seen him nor knows him. First John three nine, whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. First John three ten in this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. Now, these verses, especially verse 9, have puzzled more Christians than perhaps any other verses in the Bible. If we are not careful, we may interpret these verses to mean that anyone born of God never commits sin. If you are like me, you must think, well, I commit sin, so that must mean that I am not born of God. What is the explanation? Since we all sin after we are saved, if we take this verse to mean sinless perfection, we would have no Christians on planet Earth amen the earth would be totally Christianless because no one can live their life in sinless perfection only one has ever done that and that was Jesus Christ so what in the world could John possibly be saying when he tells us that if we sin we are not born again well I'm going to just take you through this quickly and then we'll be finished take careful note of what is said and in what connection it's being said what is John referring to when he uses the term sin in this passage he gives the definition in verse four. Go back in the fourth verse and notice what he says. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness and sin is the transgression of the law. When John says here, and he's talking about sin, he's talking primarily about acts that reveal contempt for God's law as revealed in the Bible. Conscious and intentional violation of the will of God is revealed in his word. If you can live your life as a Christian, Knowing that you've sinned and not feeling bad about it, there's something wrong. Somebody told me a long time ago, when you get to be a Christian, God puts a sin alarm system in your body. You get that. It's equipment you get when you're born again. And here's the way it works. Every time you sin, something goes off in your heart. Amen? And you say, wow, that hurt. I shouldn't have done that. So what do you do with it? You go and you ask God to forgive you, and he does. Hallelujah. We wouldn't be here if that weren't true. The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want you to understand what John is talking about this in the context of lawlessness, in the context of rebellion. He uses a word here that's in the present tense in verse 9. It's a present tense verb and it denotes continuous action. A literal translation of this verse would go like this whosoever has been begotten out of God, sin is not doing. That's what he's saying. If you're a Christian, you are not making a practice of sin. A person who is born of God will not go on doing things over and over again rebelliously that he knows is a violation of God's law. So if you're going on day after day consciously disobeying God, you do well to ask yourself, am I really a child of God? because it's pretty hard to do that if you've got the Spirit of God in you. In fact, John goes on to say in this very passage that we can't do this because he has put his nature in us. Verse nine, he says, whoever has been born of God does not sin for God's seed remains in him and he cannot sin because he's been born of God. What does that mean? You have the nature of God within you and your sin is a violation of that nature. And when you sin, that sin nature comes into conflict with the godly nature and you feel terribly uncomfortable about the whole thing now let me tell you something there's a danger as a christian if you keep on sinning and violating the word of god and you know it's a violation of the word of god and you keep on doing it you'll start to build some calluses on your soul pretty soon it won't bother you like it used to but what john is saying is this if you can keep on sinning and doing things you know are in violation of the word of god and it doesn't bother you, maybe you better ask yourself whether you're really a Christian or not. Because you can't do that. Can you backslide? Yes. I want to tell you something. Everybody I know who's ever backslidden, and truly backslidden as a Christian, tells me they were more miserable then than they even were before they got saved. Because they knew what they were missing. And they realized how out of fellowship they were. I hope you understand the spirit of this passage. He's not saying, if you ever commit a sin, you're not of God. He's saying if you practice lawless, rebellious sin and you keep on doing it and it's a constant pattern in your life and you don't feel any remorse over it and you just keep doing it. That's why I worry about people who come to see me and they tell me that they're going to violate the marriage laws. They're going to violate the moral laws. And then they flippantly say, well, I know it's a sin, but after we do it, we'll ask God to forgive us. What a calloused What a callous, I have to really question whether a person who would do that is truly born of God Now you say Pastor Jeremiah, I thought I was okay (laughs) I'm not so sure (laughs) I gave this message because I want so desperately for you to know that you know that you know Do you pass all of these tests with a perfect score? Probably not But you better be in the game if you think you're going to heaven my friend If you just look at all these things, if you fail all the tests I've given you, I can say unequivocally, you are not a child of God, and you need to get saved. And if you have an uneasiness in your walk with the Lord, and it doesn't seem to work, it doesn't seem to make sense, maybe it's because, you know, I'll tell you that when I was a little boy, I grew up in a pastor's home, and I made a profession of faith when I was a little kid, actually got baptized. And when I got to be a teenager, I realized that I had gone through the process of pleasing my parents and doing what they wanted me to do, and I really had no idea what I had done except I was baptized. And I started having all of these challenges in my life that I've talked about today. And I remember coming to the place where I realized that I wasn't sure I was saved. You know, it's hard to even feel saved if you're not sure you're saved. And I remember one day I got on my knees and I said, "Lord God, I know that when I was a little boy, I made a profession of faith, but..." I've got a lot of questions and maybe I didn't know what I was doing I don't know but I want to tell you something Lord Here's what I want to pray today If I wasn't saved then I want to ask you today To save me I don't want to have any question about this in my heart And I ask you to come into my life And and I will use this day As the moment of my conversion Because I know exactly what's going on right now I have put my faith in Jesus Christ Maybe some of you like that Maybe you've never gone back and taken care of that My friend you need to be sure You need to know How do people go through life without God? How do they make it through the crises of the day without knowing almighty God? One of the reasons I want you to know is because I can just about promise you that before we're all finished with this journey, a bunch of us are going to go through some crises. And I'll tell you, there's one thing that you want to be sure of when you go through a crisis is that, you know, your body might be falling apart, but if your heart and your spirit's right, you're going to be okay. And that's one of the things I pray that God will help you to know. I ask you to think real seriously about your own life. If you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, that's easy. You can do that right today. And maybe you'd like to pray a prayer like your pastor prayed years ago. Lord God, I don't know for sure if I'm a Christian. But if I never have made that decision, I want to make it today. And I want to be sure that I'm saved. Something happens when you get the confidence that comes from the Word of God, and you know this is what God said, this is what He asks. this is what He said we do to respond to His grace. And when we do that, He comes to live within our hearts, and we know. And something happens, you just get this sense of confidence in your spirit, you know that you know that you know. And uh, I pray that for every one of you, for all of our listeners, that's my prayer for you. First John Helps. Study it with us as we go into the next month. Uh, this is November's last broadcast, but we'll be back again. And this time in December, the countdown begins. <laughs> we'll have some more from First John and then all of the Christmas programming as we head into the next year. And as I've already mentioned to you, the devotional that we offer in December is here. I have some copies on my desk, and it is beautiful. Every Day with Jesus is its theme And you'll want to have that. We'll start uh, receiving your requests for those uh, when we get together the next time here on Turning Point. You know, it takes a lot of folks to do what we do. And I want to give uh, tribute to all the people who stand behind the scenes to make Turning Point what it is, our engineers, all the people who write copy for us the people who maintain the electronic equipment. There's just so many folks. If I started listing their names, I wouldn't have time to finish today. I found out this week that we have 185 people who work at Turning Point. Every one of them is a precious soldier helping us as we fight this war. And that's my gratitude to them that I wanted to emphasize as we close Thanksgiving month. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: The message you just heard originated from Shadow Mountain Community Church and senior pastor, Dr. David Jeremiah. If Turning Point is making a difference in your life, let us know. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 18098, Delta, B.C., V4L2M4. Visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of Romans, The Written Word Journal designed by David to help you know God's Word more deeply. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard, New International, and New King James versions available in your choice of handsome cover options. Visit davidjeremiah.ca slash radio for details. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series Living in the Light on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Lots of advice telling you how to set and reach your goals. But before you dive in, it's a good idea to know God's plan for your life. Find joy in pursuing the next steps God has for you in Dr. David Jeremiah's new book, Forward, Discovering God's Presence and Purpose in Your Tomorrow. God does have a perfect plan for you, and it's time to embrace your life's purpose. It's time to move forward. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca forward. If you have been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca.
1: The 19th century French novelist Victor Hugo wrote that the supreme happiness of life is the conviction that we are loved. And he should know. He wrote the powerful story of love and redemption, Les Miserables, widely considered one of history's greatest novels. There are many people in the world who don't know they are loved by God, They may not know that God is love or they feel unworthy of His love. But the Bible says God so loved the world, which includes everyone in the world. So I am here to tell you today that God loves you. He always has and He always will. This is David Jeremiah encouraging you to get on the road to new life. Discover God's love on Route 66. Route 66, driving the word home.